Hi, and welcome to the YM Newcastle podcast. In this episode, we are looking at how God calls me to live. Our speaker is going to equip you with a very simple tool to help you live the life God is calling you to. We always have a choice. Do we live as God calls us or follow our own path? Our guest speaker is Andrew Carabine. He has been in YWAM for over 10 years. With his wife Kimberly and two kids, they have pioneered a YWAM centre in Newcastle, England. Andrew has a big heart for evangelism and reaching the lost. His heart is to see all people walk in freedom and have a relationship with Jesus. He was involved in planning evangelism for the 2012 London Olympics, and he's always ready to make people laugh and also call out God's truth over their lives. He's a gifted teacher who deeply loves God, and I'm sure his teaching will impact you greatly. If your life was a car, where would God sit? I'll give you a second to think about that. Some of you may say, oh, in the driver's seat, of course. Others may be in the passenger seat. Some people might say he wants to be under the bonnet working on the engine. I would actually say he wants to be in every single place in the car except the driver's seat. He wants to be in the passenger seat giving you directions. He wants to be working on the engine room, working on your heart, and just performing maintenance and helping shape us into exactly who he's called us to be. The reason I don't think he wants to be in the driver's seat is because God wants obedience. So when he says, turn left, he would like us to turn left. But if we turn right, he's not going to suddenly jump over and grab the wheel so that we don't, um, so that he keeps full control. He's not a control freak. And if we look just through history, through scripture, we can see, for example, God's taking the Israelites out of Egypt and to the promised land, but they didn't know how to interact with God. They didn't know what made him happy, what made him sad or angry. And from this loving, caring place, God gives them this whole list that's saying, hey, this is how you can interact with me. This is how to make me happy. This is how to make me sad. This is how to bless me. And the other cultures at the time, they all were in this place of, we should do these things and hopefully we will win the favor of the gods. But the Lord just said, guys, I'm going to make it easy for you. And if you do these things, you're under my blessing, but you can choose not to be. But the fruit of not being with me is disease is going to creep in. Your crops aren't going to be quite as good and a whole host of other things. So he gave this opportunity, be obedient, do the things I've told you and made easy and things will land nicely for you. And it's true today as well. We still need to be obedient and walk with the Lord. And as he asks us to do things, we need to walk around with our hands up so that when he says, I need someone to come and do this, we've already gone ahead and said, yep, yep, I'm already there because of you, Jesus, I'm ready and willing, whatever you choose. So we can walk in partnership with him that way. And as we actually take a step out in partnership, and go to that place or to do that thing that the Lord has put on our heart or spoken into us, we actually find out that he goes ahead of us as well. And we end up meeting him in that place. And we hit this wonderful, beautiful cycle where God speaks. We go, oh, we take a step out of obedience, take a risk. And God meets us in that impossible situation. And we get to turn back around to God and go, 
oh Lord, you're amazing. I didn't think I would meet you in this place, but you've come there. And that builds us a little bit inside so that next time the Lord asks us to do something, we'll take that next step and turn around again and our worship gets fed by our obedience and meeting the Lord in those places. So that's the beautiful cycle that, um, that takes place. Now, for the rest of this, I want us to imagine a triangle. You have these three points and this triangle is going to inform um, how we should live our life and how we interact uh, with God and other people. So on each corner, I want you to label it up, in and out. Now your up section, that's your relationship with God. That's when you're spending time with him, as you're reading scripture. Now, when I spend time with friends and I spend a lot of time with them, I actually end up picking up their mannerisms. I pick up the way they say things or even their phrases, and I'll catch myself saying something and go, oh, that's new. Oh, that's what, uh, that's what John says. And I'll pull out just what they're like. And as we hang out with God, it's a similar concept. So there's some nice things in Scripture that just gives us an indication that we are going deeper with God and we are hanging out more with him. And I'd like to just draw our attention to Galatians chapter 5. The fruit of the Spirit, so verse 22. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. And as we spend time with the Lord, these things will just start becoming more normal in our lives. We'll start seeing that we are more loving, that we are more peaceful. It's not a case of, I want to be more patient, so God gives me more patience in my life. That's a Hollywood popularized uh, way of thinking. It's actually through spending that time and that intimacy. And the way we see that coming out is in our next section of the triangle, the in section. Well, it's in the in and the out sections. But the in section is us in our community, in our day-to-day -day lives. So how we are choosing to interact and spend time with people and the stuff we're feeding our minds. So for me, my insection, I actually have stopped watching some TV shows. As I've watched them, I thought, this actually doesn't promote a biblical worldview. There's one show where the main character regularly seems to be promoted as God. And actually the show is promoting that there isn't a God and pushing him out. So I'm saying I'm not wanting to have that sort of input in my life because it's actually pulling my mind away from what I want it to be receiving and eating. And I've also changed the music I listen to as well. Actually, when I was 14, I used to listen to um, a lot of really negative music. There was a lot of anger in it. And the thoughts that were going through my head actually were, oh, I think Satan is great. And... I know the music was feeding those thoughts, planting it and feeding it. Um, so I've actually cut that, those bands out. The genre of music was fine, but those bands and their contents, um, I've stopped listening to them as well. For me, um, my wife is a great example. When I don't see something right, she'll pull me up and she'll speak into my life. And I know she does it from a place of love that I will receive that correction, I'll weigh it and allow my life to be shifted and changed as a result. So 
I'm teachable. I try to be teachable, I should say, uh, when others bring in correction. And I'm careful with who I surround myself with, who would speak into my life. And I also watch the words I'm saying. So how does God call us to live? Well, our words should be edifying. They should build up those around us, regardless of whether they are people who pull us down or do things we don't agree with. We should always be pointing towards Jesus and building them up. And the final area of the triangle, the out, this is our worldview. This is how we go and do outreach. As the fruit of the Spirit grows inside of us, we should be motivated from this place of love and care to actually invest and reach out to these people that have been made in the image of God, just like you and me. So as we go out and we meet with people who wouldn't typically be in our social circle, we're still showing them the same love and care and building relationship with them. Let me tell you about my friend Tony. When I was living in England, I was walking through a poorer area, less economically advantaged, and I saw this guy walking along slowly. Uh, he had a crutch and I thought, great, I could pray for this guy um, and maybe God would heal him. And I asked if I could pray for him and I don't think he let me pray for him then, but it started off what ended up being um, a long-term friendship. Now, this guy smoked a lot and uh, drank a lot, but I used to go around uh, every week to his house and spend a few hours with him chatting. And he actually was pretty much housebound over winter because he'd fallen over years ago and broken his leg. And this leg break had qualified him for being um, disabled. So he got income called disability allowance. I actually became one of his most trusted friends. He had people coming around into his life who were quite chaotic. Um, a few of them had drinking issues. So it wasn't my typical sphere. Um, I've never smoked, um, but I sat in a room with these guys who smoked like chimneys and was actually able to share the gospel with them and pray for them on numerous accounts. They actually ask me to pray for them now. And because I was prepared to be uncomfortable and go into environments that I wouldn't typically choose, I'm actually able to show love to these people who society overall wouldn't say they're that lovable. And that should really be a mark of us. As we walk the way God calls us to live, it's caring for the orphan, the widow, the destitute, those people who are in need. And it's from that place of love, not because I can get something from it, but it's because I have something to give. And a relationship with Jesus is one that's marked with obedience, love, care, and being able to just walk alongside people in this wonderful invitation he has to continue to grow in intimacy with him. So I just want to wrap up with asking a question which relates to the out section. How many non-Christian friends do you have? If you don't have any, where could you make some? And when you have some, how can you share the gospel with them in a way that they feel loved, heard, respected, but also they have an opportunity to respond to Jesus. So good. Thank you so much, Andrew. And I love the practical examples and pictures you use to help us better understand. I loved that line where you said, do you walk around with your hand up, ready to do what God asks? It's so easy to get busy and distracted with our lives, but what truly matters is serving the God we love. Now, I have a few questions to help you with the practical application of Andrew's teaching. 
Take some time to think on these things. Invite the Holy Spirit into this moment. And remember, knowledge and information will only change your life through practical application. Takeaway one, focusing on up. Take some time to read through Galatians 5, verses 13 to 26. Do you desire to walk out in the fruit of the Spirit? A tree doesn't try to produce fruit, but when it has good soil, sun and water, it just does. For you, the more God you have, the more you produce these traits or fruit. As Andrew shared, these come about by spending more time with God, not chasing the fruit itself. Number two, focusing on in. What sort of things do you surround yourself with? What movies, TV shows, music, perhaps other people, friends, and even how you talk about yourself. Everything is influencing you. Is it positive or is it a negative influence? And are you willing to make some changes? And number three, focusing on out. Who is someone you could reach out to in the next few days? How can you show them God's love? Then, as opportunities present themselves, how could you lovingly and respectfully speak God's truth into their lives? Thanks for joining us on today's episode on How God Calls Me to Live. How great was that picture of the car? That God is there to help us and guide us. But ultimately, it's your life to live. Will it be one lived for God and one that made a positive difference in the world? We want to help you build a relationship with God. We've created a great Bible course over on our Instagram that can help you better understand the Bible. The more you know God's word, the more you can align your thinking and actions with it. We have experienced and passionate teachers helping you engage with the truths of the Bible and giving you a great overview of God's word. Jump onto Instagram and check it out. We also offer a five and a half month long discipleship training school. Imagine what you could discover about God and yourself when you dedicate five and a half months to God. It's full of dynamic teaching, practical on the ground missions experience, and it may just change your life like it did for me. We hope you will join us again next week for more incredible teaching. Together, let's keep discovering more about God.